because growing up, I remember, I remember some people used to use their debit card, and my parents always say, no, debit card is only made to take out money from the ATM machine. It's like ATM card. It's not a, it's not something you use. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, credit card, you get points. It's so much, so much better. So I started opening credit cards because I thought well, that's the way to live. Mm-hmm. And uh, not only that, I remember later on. I got my car lease. I got, um, you know, I had some different debts that I had. I remember sitting at the dining room table and my wife was sitting on the couch and I told her, wow, I just paid five bills. I was like, okay, I guess that's life. Life is bills. And uh, that's the only way to do it is to just pay a lot of bills. And because that's the way I grew up. And I saw my parents, you know, all the different credit cards and there were a lot of bills going on. So that's where I felt that, you know, it's uh, that's just the way of life. How many credit cards did you open after you got married? So I actually opened one right when we got married. We opened one, and then we opened another one, and then we opened a third one when our business account. So I got a third credit card. And the points that that was the motivating that was the motivation factor. Yeah. Right. We have never done an episode like this. We sat down with a Hasidish couple, ultra orthodox couple, to talk about their finances. This couple came on anonymously. We changed their names to protect their identity, and they shared personal thoughts and feelings about how they view money, the frictions they they've, they experienced when they got married as it relates to money. It's a fascinating episode. Buckle in. Enjoy. Being a Jew? Awesome. Managing personal finances? Not so awesome. Welcome to Kosher Money. I am Chaya. Thank you for joining us at Kosher Money. We think it's very brave and a real act of kindness to come here and tell your story. We appreciate that. Hopefully, from this conversation, we can help a lot of people. And who knows, maybe other couples, people would want to come on and have a conversation with us about their finances in an effort to help other people. Chaya, let's start with you. Where'd you grow up and what was your early experiences with money? So first of all, thank you for having us. Um, I watch many of your episodes and I give you a lot of credit for doing this. So I grew up in a home, very Balbakish, you know, but I would say I grew up like in the older generation, meaning to say my grandparents went through the Holocaust. So I'm not even now, like I see things that the younger generation does and i feel like i'm a step higher than i feel like i am i'm part of the older generation so our viewpoint with money was very different it wasn't like spend 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 so my parents opened up a savings account so okay. they opened for older kids like for everybody from when we were born we had our account so anytime i'd receive like conical money whatever it was one train to the account. Like, I would give it to my mother, I would trust my mother, put it into my savings account. I never knew how much I had in there. It wasn't like I was involved. I just hand over the money, here, put it into my account. As opposed to, I just got $20, I'll go and spend it, you know? Um, my parents had credit cards, credit card bills was, like, the normal thing, you know? Oh, my gosh. I have this crazy credit card bill. Like, money was really, like, a stress factor. I think... For most people, money is like a very scary thing, but I think I'm very observant. So through observing people, I would I would look at and say, hey, you know what? That is not a good thing. I was really like self-taught and just from my experiences growing up. You so know? when you got married, 
you had money coming in from your savings? So we got married. I had my savings account like set into place. And so I went to college mm-hmm. okay, when I was, before we got married. And I don't believe in debt. So I said, okay, I'm going to cash flow my college. You know, every semester I'll pay out in full. So I opened a credit card when I started my master's degree. And every six weeks I would pay out my college. So I worked that year and my paycheck went straight to college. Mm. Like that was my thing. So your parents no didn't help you. They, term- they paid for my bachelor's okay. and I paid for my master's. Yeah. So we got married. I had a very decent amount of money saved up, mm-hmm. but because I, whatever I worked for went straight to college, mm-hmm. it didn't necessarily grow to like a very large amount, but it was a very decent amount. But no debt, right? You didn't have no any. Debt, okay. Right. So even with college, you didn't have um, large amounts of debt or any debt for that matter. Time. Let's let's talk about you growing up. What was your exposure to money? So my exposure to money was a little bit different. Um, my parents are great people, and they're actually my role model. I look up to them a lot. My father actually sat in learning since he since he got married. Probably a lot of hours of learning. Mm-hmm. However, when it came to money, it was a very taboo subject, and it was like something. It was very stressful. Mm-hmm. Um, How many kids in the we family? We have nine kids. Nine, nine kids. kids in the family. Okay. And yeah, so I have eight siblings. Your mother worked? My mother is a teacher, yeah. Teacher, okay. And my father learns most of the day. He also works, he has a printing business that okay. he's involved with as well. But his main focus is on learning. So growing up, I didn't his really. His mother's like the breadwinner. Basically. The breadwinner, okay. So growing up, I really didn't have much of uh, money education meaning like if we would go to somewhere where like someone had a nicer house this, these were like elite people this wasn't like something either were like elite people and then there were normal people like so my mind growing up it was like like you couldn't even think of like well, now you're never gonna get there because this is just the elite we're just regular people and they're the elite people so growing up we didn't really have the ethic of savings i mean like i got my money from my grandfather i would just go buy candy mm-hmm. you didn't have a savings kid. account no I, bank accounts actually after my bar mitzvah i did have a little bit of a savings account which i didn't make much i made right. maybe a thousand dollars by my bar mitzvah mm-hmm. and, you know throughout the years my father would sometimes say you know if you want to have this this is not something that i support but if you want you can buy it from your own money mm-hmm. so in my family in general like my parents are very big believers in like points and getting points in the credit cards credit cards there's a lot of credit cards is where their mindset is very strong because you know you can get free vacations and the points and they really enjoyed the factor of you know getting a free vacation Mm -hmm. so when i first got married basically you came in without a savings account no savings account savings account but i met some money right too much candy mindset right and that's why when i first got married it was so hard for me to like, like you know, was a little bit of a decision because like we came with this big savings account, and then like I was like, wow, this is so much money. I was like, we can already right away. My mindset, oh, we can go get a down payment for a house. I already thinking how I can spend it because that was my mindset right. growing up. So I so, imagine when you got married, that there was a a natural clash from day exactly. one as it relates to your finances, I right? Compared to like a let's say a poor person and all of a sudden there's money oh my gosh like let's spend it right i was like cringe like we can't do this how much money did you get from gifts from your wedding or i guess combined with your savings and the 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 wedding money how much money are we talking here in terms of with my savings yeah like 
70 grand. 70 grand. So you were thinking yeah. house, down payment, let's spend it. Vacations. Vacations. Gifts, gifts, you know, all right. good stuff because we have money. What ages did you each get married? We worked in both 20. 20, okay. So 20 years old. Okay, so 20, 21, and then you come into the to the marriage with $70,000. What happened? And then I still had a checking account, like 15 grand. Okay. But that was like toward college. I was okay. almost done at that point, but to live, you know? Right. I was like, we're not touching the savings. This is something that is for a rainy day fund. I don't know. Like, right. it's something that you save up for and you don't spend that money. You don't touch that account. And you were thinking, let's open credit cards. So when I first, yes, yeah. like I right away thought, oh, so how can we, because growing up, I remember, I remember some people used to use their debit card and my parents always say, no, debit card is only made to take that money from the ATM machine. It's like ATM card. It's not a, it's not something you use. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, credit card, you get points. It's so much, so much better. So I started opening credit cards because I thought that's the way to live. Mm-hmm. And, uh, not only that, I remember later on. In marriage when I got my car lease, I got um, you know, I had some different debts that I had. I remember sitting at the dining room table and my wife was sitting on the couch and I told her, Wow, we just paid five bills. I was like, Okay, I guess that's life. Life is bills, and uh that's the only way to do it is to just pay a lot of bills. And because that's the way I grew up and I mm-hmm. saw my parents, you know, all the different credit cards and there were a lot of bills going on. So that's where I felt that, you know, it's uh that's just the way of life. How many credit cards did you open after you got married? So I actually opened one right when we got married. We opened one, and then we opened another one. I think and yeah, like then three we least. opened a third one when I opened a business account. So I got a third credit card. Yeah, and the points card. that that was the motivating that factor. was a motivation factor. Yeah. Right. Okay. So about six months. Yeah, for him. So how did you feel yeah. when he was opening um, those credit cards and right. starting? You guys were starting to spend, or at least he was. So we just got married, and you have to be careful. Beginning, you can't just say whatever you want. But it hurt me a lot. You mm-hmm. know, it was like, what's going on? I don't want this kind of lifestyle. This is not who I am. This is not part of my belief system, so to speak. And it bothered me. It really did. Um, but he was like, "What do you mean?" We, like till today, my in-laws still say, "Like, why don't you use your?" points and because uh, we told them that we have a debit card and mm-hmm. we'll get to that later <laughs> but there's a lot of pressure in that family like wow we went on a free vacation because of our points and mm-hmm. i'm like first of all nothing's free and you end up spending money on food and whatever it is and second of all like you have debt so like don't go on vacation if you can't afford it you right. know that was like that was my thing um also we got married before the summer so what does everyone do you go on honeymoon right <laughs> We spent 10000 right there. Where, where'd you go? Out of country? We went to Israel. Out of Israel. Okay, so 10000 from the Close 70 is is just gone overnight, basically. Overnight. Wow. Okay. Yeah. But that's what everyone does, right? Right, right. sure. <laughs> I mean, you can do it within means, but at that point, we weren't aware, and I didn't know how to cook yet or anything, so we ate out a lot. My in-laws and my parents were upstate. So there we go. We spent money. Yeah, I'm even rolled around. So I got him a piece of silver and he got me a piece of jewelry. So before right. you know it, it wasn't okay. I remember getting the credit card bills and I was like, we spent $10,000, let's say, or $8,000. I was like, how? We are what? Like, it frustrated me. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm guilty as well, right? Mm-hmm. Because I guess it was like the honeymoon phase and we, that 
part of you that got married. So yeah, it hurt me a lot. It really did. No down payment on the house, right? You didn't. We you, have, you were we renting. Own home, yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. So you were renting, um, spending somewhat frivolously on right. food, on trips. When you were doing all this, this felt natural, right? You. This was your upbringing in terms of spending or right. using credit cards and you know trying to keep up with the cones and and going on these vacations did you express this your feelings to him during this time or you were somewhat reserved because you wanted to keep so-called peace a little bit of both really okay. i kept a lot inside i've been doing that all my life <laughs> but i was upset and i was like this has to stop. This has to stop. So around like November time, I was like, okay, so savings account was almost gone. Not almost. It was like forty thousand okay. left, I believe. Yeah, the checking was gone. Like okay. the fifteen grand was done. And it wasn't just from college. No. Okay. Because I was almost done. I had like one more semester left. I had like around five thousand. I was like, no, 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 this is not okay. So I have a degree in special ed. Mm-hmm. And he was learning at the time. It wasn't working out for him. And he didn't feel accomplished, I would say. It was very hard for me because um, my wife was a teacher at the time. And, you know, the school didn't pay her that well. And I was just looking at the numbers. I was like, you know, this isn't working. Like, she is getting her, her wage from her school. And I'm getting or not getting my wage from the call. You know, they're giving a few hundred dollars mm-hmm. to for lunch, but it's not, you know. And it wasn't it just it wasn't working out. So that's when we made our decision. That's time for me to move on. So before that, sorry. No, there's a lot of moving parts here. Emotions, yeah. um, recalling certain dates and what happened on a specific date. But at this point, you're down about half of your savings and checking what happened then yeah so it, it killed me also i want to mention that people think oh you have a degree you could support your husband mm-hmm. not so simple i had my master's degree i got paid i would say like a bachelor's price and i said between rent and and groceries we're not gonna do this so the forty thousand at this point is continuing to dwindle even though you've made uh, a recognition you've had an awareness to change did you end up getting that did you fall into debt so the awareness on my end was the, always there always there okay but still it was like you know we're in this together um around november time i was like we have to put a stop to it so we got married in june this is like november around january time with like some connections i got him a job okay so in what field was that? In special ed. Special ed. In, uh, yeah, in the special ed school. Okay. Like, I know his personality. He can't do, like, a nine-to-five thing and whatever, so I need something flexible. Mm-hmm. And, and then he, he's very good at numbers. I hate numbers. So okay. he was like, let's open another credit card that... A zero-intro APR. Okay. Yeah, and like he said, around me will be done. So we weren't down to zero, Bar Hashem, but... It was around like 30000 at that point, but I was like, my paycheck is not covering the monthly budget, so it's going to empty out in the next few months. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking, okay, so till May, I won't have a normal night's sleep. Like, that's what I remember thinking. Mm. 
Like, I still remember every night I was like, I can't, I can't. How are we going to live? Like, that was the thoughts that ran through my mind 24-7. That must have been hard. Did you know she was feeling that during that time? So, as a husband, I did see that she was stressed throughout the month. It bothered me a lot, you know. Um, And that's really where my responsibility kicked in. I was like, I'm the husband over here. I'm supposed to be the breadwinner. And I'm supposed to be the one bringing in, you know, making sure this is happening. And Mm -hmm. this is not the way it can go on. So that's when I really took action to my hand. Actually, I think I worked in a lot of hours. I worked in the morning. I worked in the afternoon. I worked with a very difficult special ed kid. It was really hard, physical, aggressive. And then at night, I worked in a social group. I was I led the social group, which okay. was also very hard. So I worked a lot of hours. And I really just tried to kick it off, to bring in as much income as possible. So that way, you know, we can just pull off our month and not continue. But it was very hard. I remember the beginning when he started working. So obviously it wasn't so many hours. It happened gradually. And I remember the very first day he came home, he looked so, as if like someone beat the brains out of him. Like he looked so weak and and whatever. I felt so bad, but I was like, you have to get used to this. Mm -hmm. We're going to work our heads off and just do what we have to do. So you took all the debt or the credit card got rid of those not yeah no okay so we didn't have the forgot to mention as we grew up we didn't have really the financial literacy financial literacy so to speak okay so as mentioned before i knew the only way is to live is with credit cards i didn't even think of an option of just dropping the credit cards and just leave it alone and just try to live with your money what you own Uh what you're taking from the banks Uh so that's that's really until we learned that was a process. But in the beginning, now we're just up to, we're just working our heads off to just cover our bills and pay our credit card bills. And we were struggling a lot. Like, okay. we're married three years, so the first year we're just, like, spending and trying to repair some of the damage that we did. That was, like, the first year. So May comes along, you're not finding new credit card offers. You're, did you switch to the debit card cash? Not yet. Not yet. What not happened then? So about May, we contacted a Chesed organization, okay. and they helped us, connected us with an advisor that helped us, which didn't work out so well. So he still wanted us to get different accounts and different cards. So he wanted you to open up more credit cards for the points? For yeah, he the... wanted us to open, like, Ali. So basically, the way it works is, let's say, one card would go toward groceries, one card would go toward, I believe we started college at that point for you? Mm-hmm. So one part would go toward that like every car would be designated for like another expense Mm -hmm. and i was like this is crazy you're just opening more cards that was your initial problem yeah that was our initial problem exactly we're heading back in power right so okay so the first advisor wasn't a good fit um how long did you stick with that advisor and did you too long too long so we were in the it was like eight seven months and you did open those cards we followed the advice Uh uh-huh and what happened? Did it work out? Did it not work out? Not at all. Like, the whole time, I was like, this is crazy. Like, we, basically, I'm very into, like, I need a plan. I need a roadmap how to get there, their goals, right? Okay. He was just, like, grappling for ideas for us. And it was like, okay, so open more cards and see how it goes. In three months, let me know. It wasn't getting us anywhere. I was like, I need a plan for the future, not just now. Like, are we going to open a rainy day fund? Or I didn't know that at mm-hmm. the time, but I was like, are, can we open 
um, retirement account, whatever it is, but we didn't have the right person to guide us, so it was a problem. Yeah, so I'm saying it's funny, like around like, probably October, November time, we bumped into Dave Ramsey. Okay. So we we just... Not physically, really right? Started, physically, on YouTube no, or... No, it really started. I read a Family First article okay. and this lady was like, oh, Dave Ramsey. And I thought it was like Albert Einstein, like he's not alive anymore, you know? And he uh-huh. had this like baby step theory, whatever that is. And that was it. And then months, months later... We watched a little clip of Ben Shapiro. Yeah, like he had an interview with him or something. With Dave Ramsey. Book, his book that came out. Oh, okay. And you saw and Dave like, Ramsey oh was God. a living person, right? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, what? Like, that's him? Okay. And then I started, not Googling, but within YouTube, like in the search, I searched for Dave Ramsey. Uh-huh. Baby step. And I just thought, hey, he has a radio show every single day. What? You know? And then it was so shocking. Um, We started watching different, like, segments, like people ask questions and answer. I was like, I always said that, like, that's what I, that's what I always believed in. And oh, wow. someone actually shares my values, like, wow. it was like I discovered life, <laughs> like, discovered a whole new world, and it was crazy. I remember I was, like, almost crying when I watched his, his videos. I was like, what? He says no debt, no credit cards? Like, wow, I'm not crazy, you know? <laughs> At that point, did you, had you switched your financial advisor? Or this you, was before. Before. Though. Okay, yeah. so... Did the Chesed organization recommend you a new advisor? Did you no. go to them? What what happened there? So I reached out. I believe we emailed them. And then someone, like the director or someone reached out to me. Mm-hmm. And I just spoke straight from my heart. And I said, I'm sure he's a wonderful person. It's just not working out. Mm-hmm. And I, he's like, why? And I said, I have my goals. And want to map out our future, so to speak. And he's just not doing that for mm-hmm. us. So he connected us to someone else. Mm-hmm. And he said he's our top person. And from that day that we connected to this advisor, we felt like Hashem was holding our hand. Like, literally. A quick break from this week's episode to tell you about Kol Al Chabad. You've heard about them multiple times already. And so many of you have donated. They help Israel's neediest. So if someone, there's a family, a widow orphans that cannot have dinner on their table because they just don't have enough. Kol Chabad steps in together with the Israeli government and they support hundreds, if not thousands, of families get through poverty. They have so much to offer to these uh, families because of people like you that stop what they're doing and make a donation, an $18 donation, a recurring donation of $10 a month $36, someone just donated $5,000 from the goodness of his own heart. It's amazing. So if you can, please support them. They're spectacular. If you're ever in Israel, look them up, kolochabad.org. Um, you can visit our unique link, kolochabad.org slash koshermoney. The link's in the show notes. And yeah, do it, because not only will you get reward in the world to come, you'll feel super satisfied that your money, your charitable donations are going to a great place. Without further ado, back to this week's episode. The day you connected with that advisor, how much money was in your collective account? Did you ever go under zero? No. No, never hit that. No, so, we never hit that. Okay, so... I was like, I said, if we hit that zero, I'm not getting out of bed. Uh, okay, you know? sure. Yeah. It, it's really interesting to see that there's a strong emotional experience during all of this, it's not just numbers on a paper, but it's 
impacting your life to the point where you are close to not getting out of bed, which exactly. I think a lot of people struggle with, mm-hmm. but they don't have the solutions like in your case, or that they don't have the conversations they need to have. So before you met that second advisor, was Dave Ramsey's videos helping you, his strategies, his baby steps? What, did, what were you learning that was something you benefited from? So it's a great question. First of all, he had, at that point, he leased a car. Um, and then I remember we had like a few monthly. Payments. Oh, yeah. And then we still had the credit card. Mm-hmm. Like that was also like a monthly thing that we were paying toward or that, so to speak. Okay. I mean, it was that. So even though you had the money to pay off the entire balance, we you weren't were, aware yeah. of like a snowball. Oh, uh, okay. Then, like, so the interest was piling up on those statements. Um, actually, it did not. I forgot to mention that. Yeah. Going along, that's why my wife wasn't so happy that her bank account kept emptying out because when I got married, I said, one thing is not happening. I'm not going to pay interest on my account. Okay. My, my thing. So we never went through a month without paying off the entire balance. You paid off the entire balance, but the spending was yeah. very high. It was yeah. very high. Yeah. Right. Okay. I remember we still had these credit cards and get the, I literally wanted to tear it to hear it out of my head. Like, uh-huh. how in heaven's name did we spend $8,000 a month on as a new, As a relatively new, yeah, any kids at that, kid point? at that point? No. Like, what's happening? A lot of, a lot of Uber Eats, huh? A during lot of during this, I, yeah. I had a BB. I remember like formula, oh, $120 a month. Like, right. These are big numbers for us. And you would be, crazy. during that time, swiping the credit card because theoretically you had the cash mm-hmm. to pay it off at the end of the month. Exactly. Got it. Got it. Okay, so tell tell me about Dave Ramsey, the baby steps. What what were you learning? What were you doing to help? So it was actually about I guess I probably about October time of twenty one. Uh-huh. Um September, October, somewhere there, like probably a year ago, yeah. Uh-huh. So we started watching him then. Okay. And we were just we took his spreadsheet and we actually used his spreadsheet and here's the app. Like, okay. Um, we'll put it in the show notes for those that want to uh yeah. take a look at it. So yeah, they you downloaded his app. That mm-hmm. helped you, what, track your... Just to track expenses. Okay. And he had a $0 budget, basically, that you budget every month. And you have to get to the $0, meaning, like, to... That's including how much you want to put away. So, the end of the month should be a $0 budget. Okay. So, we started working on that, and we just stuck to it that first month. It wasn't month. working so well, because if you look at the app, it has, like, four main categories. Okay. And the other lifestyle... You need a bunch of categories. Sure. Right. So it wasn't really working out for we us. We added a lot of own categories, and those categories It wasn't really working growing. out. Okay. It was also right. for a very short period of time. Okay. Like one or two months, but we still had the credit card bills. And it really was, in other words, like it felt like we were tracking our expenses instead of targeting the problems. That, Understood. You know, it was like we're doing a Khajan and Nefesh. Like, oh, we spent $3.50 on a cheese danish. And Three thousand dollars or whatever, but we weren't actually budgeting. Right, right, understood. So you then got introduced to a second advisor, mm-hmm. um, yep. and that sounds like it helped. What did he recommend, and what did you so do? This was like December time, okay. and he said I created my own Excel sheet. He spent hours. I still don't know how he did it, but it has about thirty categories or something, like literally down to like uh, a spreadsheet for you. Okay, yes, specific like for you. He gets all his clients. Okay. Subscription. So the way it works is it has fixed expenses, annual expenses, varied and annual. Mm-hmm. So fixed would be rent, mortgage, um, 
insurance policies, whatever. Varied would be groceries, anything that one month is up, one month is down. That's varied. Mm-hmm. That has like many, many categories. Then it also has a category, let's say bank loans, like how much debt you have, mm-hmm. which Baruch Hashem, we didn't have to touch that ever, and we hope never to. And then there's annuals. So let's say Yantiv or vacations. Every month we put away around $2,500 to fund that mm-hmm. category, meaning to say like, hey, stuff rolls around. Oh my gosh, I have to cash flow so much money. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, or whatever it is, like clothing every season. In this process you were putting money away for an emergency fund as well i believe in the beginning we're also like tracking it i think he wants to see like one month what it looks like Mm -hmm. to tell us like oh you have to cut in this we have to choose which areas but i think like one or two months we're basically just tracking our expenses like every single transaction we recorded and everything so what at what point did you get did you feel like you were getting to the root of the problem because now it sounds like you're still just tracking it, maybe more neatly, but were your habits changing? And if so, how did that develop? We had like Zoom meetings with him because he didn't live where we live. And um, at one point I told him, I want to build, can you like help us? I want to build an emergency fund because I heard from Dave Ramsey, right? I want to build an emergency fund. I want a life insurance. We didn't know anything, you know? So he told us to open up an online savings account and i think dave ramsey says put away three to six months of your expenses so we did that so my husband's like why can't I just be one big savings account like we know fifty thousand is for this 30 is for that and uh-huh. i'm like no, no no we have to separate it this bank account like for my nerves right you know? <laughs> sure no and it makes sense because yeah. if you have things divided up you know hey i'm not touching this account because it's for insurance a you know, this is exactly. the emergency fund. When it's all combined, at least I find that you end up using it and it's hard to keep track of what was what. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So we opened, uh, I think the Ramsey calls it Grandma's Rainy Day Fund. Okay. So we have that. And then we wanted to do a little investing. That also was beginning of our marriage. We went to salon at a certain bank and we sat down and we're like, we want to start investing some of it. So it was a pretty safe. I don't know what it's called, but it, it was, was very, it was a very safe moderate. Like it was only invested in bonds. Okay, okay. Yeah, like let's say eighty percent bonds, twenty percent stocks and stocks. So okay, so you that have... was in the beginning. Okay, and that also didn't work out for us. Why not? It was a lot. Like the last three years was so hectic. Uh-huh. We went through a lot of like trial and error, and until we got through to the right people, it took a very long time. What was your monthly income a year ago that allowed you to put money away, um, budget, save, you know, to do all of that? Sounds like your entire scenario would be very different if you weren't making any money, right? right. So what was, what was the number? What were, you, what were you bringing in roughly monthly that allowed you to do that? And what would have changed had, it not, had you not had the income? So about a year ago, we, as we mentioned before, we really, really worked hard. We put in a lot of hours, and I worked a lot of hours. My wife worked a lot of hours. We did after hours, and all the, you know, what it brought in some income. And I did it for a year. I started first working in a special ed school, and then mm-hmm. I went out eventually on my own. I worked for different agencies. No, he means like different agencies. Sorry, like I mean dropped, like I dropped yeah, a special ed school. 
Not I yet. Won, no, no, not yet. So I went in three different agencies and I started doing ABA. I started doing P3, whatever I could just tackle. And, and Baruch Hashem, it, it brought in a very nice income. When I was pregnant, I was very into, I want him to get some sort of degree. Mm-hmm. So he started working on his degree as well. And that also, we said, we're not taking out any student loan. That was very important for us. Gotcha. So were you bringing in, would you say 10000 a month? About. Yeah. Okay. So you were working on the Dave Ramsey approach. You were working with this advisor. Were you also cutting back on the amount of money you spent? And when you did budget um, accordingly and correctly, did that help you figure out where to cut? So Baruch Hashem, we fall into a different category, like this advisor was saying, I wish most of my couples were, were making a nice amount. We have no debt. So the answer is yes and no, because we were recording everything, but because we have the annual part in our spreadsheet and like certain things, we still spend a crazy amount each month, like 10, 12,000. Mm-hmm. But a lot of it is toward funding the annual account. Thank for college. Paying yourself, yeah. basically, paying instead of yeah. paying the bills. Yeah. Also, right. another amazing thing is Dave Ramsey always says, I believe it's step 10. How many baby steps is that? But the last I, one I hope is Dave like, Ramsey listens to this. He'll have a lot of uh, Yiddish and Nachas. Yeah. yeah. He says to give master. Like, he's Christian, so, like, he believes. And he says, like, Hashem gives you, like, God gives you, you have to pay back. So Charity. Yeah, charity. Like, beginning of marriage, like, yeah, master, whatever, I don't know. Now it's, like, an expense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You made $10,000 a month. You made $20,000 a month. $2,000 has to go to master. Like, mm-hmm. there's no question about it. Amazing. So that's also why our expenses are a lot, because it is an expense. Charity. Right, right, sure. Do you find that now your income is fluctuating, meaning you don't know what to expect one month? And if so, what what could it range from now? Because that, I think, is scary, right? If you knew that every month you're going to be getting $10,000, that's one thing. But mm-hmm. when you say, unless that was just an example, do you find that your income fluctuates dramatically from month to month? Or you know what range is coming in? Right. So last year I worked 9 to 6, 9 to 3, and okay. then like from 5 to 7. So I have my day job, so we knew how much money is coming in. Okay. And then I started doing P3. So our income definitely... Baruch Hashem, like, increase over, like, since we started this whole thing, it definitely went up. I was always afraid, like, I'm very into, like, okay, this is where I work, and I'm scared to change. Okay. And his income, like, very, like, one month it would be $10,000, the next month it would be eleven, twelve, whatever. I knew I had my set paycheck. Gotcha. But now it's not like that. I dropped my job. I want to do P3 now not full-time and want to start doing a different career but we basically know how we make sure like we have a goal okay we have to make twenty thousand dollars every single month it has to happen Mm -hmm. or whatever it is a brief break from this week's episode shmuel shiowitz is again in the house of approved funding i'm sure a story like this is not something that's super uncommon as as much as we hope couples have been educated throughout their high school and college years there's a natural friction when you have two different ways of going about things how does this play into the home buying 
especially as people, as they get a little bit older into their later 20s, when they want to settle down and buy a home, they don't have the money saved. They're in kind of a little bit of a pickle, aren't they? Yeah. So it's a good question, a very important question. And it's something that we see a lot more often where people are, they're kind of showing up late and with a little better advice and guidance, they would have been able to either prepare better or to manage their own expectations. And this really relates to the fact that you need to speak with a professional, whatever that may be, um, to give you the handholding that you need as you're starting any big financial decision, car, insurance, mortgage, real estate. Um, there's no, there's no straight path. And like a GPS, if you can have somebody who can help you navigate, avoid any of the bumps in the road and prepare you and basically tell you, look, it's going to take you an hour. It's going to take you an hour and a half. It's going to take you, it'll take you a year. It'll take you six months. It'll take you four months based on your circumstances. So much information is available online and people mistakenly use that as their resource, use that as their reference. And Everything is a personalized and customized outlook. And what's good for somebody, your neighbor, your friend, may be in a very similar circumstance to you, may not be the same for you. So that's where I would recommend just get that handholding as soon as possible. It's never too early. I was scrolling through the podcasts on Apple and I was listening to a random episode where the host was saying that there are less than a, a, maybe, maybe 100,000 certified financial planners and there are millions uh, in the U.S., and there are millions of people in the U.S., and how many people are actually getting their advice from someone who's experienced, has the credentials, and he says not many. And what you're saying is it's critical to not only get advice, but get the right type of advice, right? Yeah, you can speak to your neighbor and, and talk it through, but ultimately, when it comes down to decision-making, you want to speak to the right people who have the right experience. Yeah, I just did a webinar this morning, actually, mm -hmm. for real estate professionals, and I was giving them tools and strategies to try to get new business in, in a changing in a, in a shifting market. Mm -hmm. And one of the strategies that I said to them was, people are overlooking speaking to a homeowner. I know in the mortgage world, people who have rates of 2%, 3%, they're never going to refinance for until the rates go back down. But... I make it my business to be in touch with many of my past clients, and I encourage people to be in touch with all homeowners, and I, I encourage all homeowners to be in touch with a professional because whether or not you want to refinance your mortgage or whether or not you want to sell your house, you need that handholding for any circumstance that may change. And I was telling the realtors this morning, I said, if somebody needs help with a, a leak in a roof, you should be that resource. And I feel the same way with me. When I reach out to my clients, I, I know I'm not going to be refinancing their mortgage, and that's okay. The objective is not getting their business. The objective is helping them with all financial-related questions. So whether that's helping them with their insurance, looking at it to see if everything is okay with that, if, if they need financial advice and a, a referral to a financial planner, as you're saying, most people don't utilize and, and maximize the opportunities there, or anything else. I mean, credit, credit debt consultations, so there's so many people who think I have a two and a half percent mortgage. I don't need to speak to any mortgage or financial advisor that couldn't be farther from the truth. Everybody can benefit from real-time advice 
for their particular circumstances. It's funny you mention that. I'll talk to you off camera, but I recently had a, a leak in my house and I filed an insurance claim and then a month later, a different part of the house had a leak and someone says, hmm, maybe you shouldn't file a second claim. You'll get thrown off. I don't know what the answer is. If you want to know what he tells me, you can email him directly. <laughs> but uh, yeah, go to approvedfunding.com slash mortgages if you need help with uh, refinancing, any mortgage insurance related question. Um, you guys are also a bank, right? Like a Direct mortgage, lender mortgage yes, bank. Yes, that's awesome. So hit them up, tell them your friends at Kosher Money sent you, and now back to this week's episode. In terms of the insurance, life insurance, did you, did you get that? So, I watched this, your video. Oh, okay. The, yeah. And we got to learn a lot of terms. Mm -hmm. In general, the whole world, we're missing financial literacy. We're missing, I wish it was literally a program that kids had in high school mm -hmm. that would sit down and say, okay, you get married, this is what has to happen. Mm -hmm. You have to open a life insurance policy. Mm -hmm. a retirement fund, what is that? What kind of retirement account would you want and fund it every month or once a year and max it out we learned that slowly you know through our financial advisor and through our own experiences through dave ramsey's videos like we became through your videos kosher money we became more educated in different terms so yeah we opened a retirement account we opened Life insurance, yeah, policies, life insurance policies, term. Yeah. You got term life insurance. Yeah, so you have a term policy. That's awesome. Yeah, no. And our friends at Living Smarter Jewish, just a quick plug, they are now working with quite a few schools on financial education, financial literacy to help educate people. Maybe people can't learn everything, but like you said, if they can come into marriage, if they can come into adulthood, knowing what to stay away from, credit card debt, why investing early is important than the magic of compounding things like that yeah. they wouldn't necessarily take the years but even more so the financial trauma let's exactly. call it that you've gone through and mm -hmm. you know three years is a relatively short amount of time some people go through this 10 20 30 years before they realize in their 40s and 50s of what they're experiencing which is too long right so like from early elementary they should it should be a normal thing why is this whole money thing so taboo. Why can we talk about it and say, yeah, there's something called money. You want to save or you want to spend it now. It should be like a normal thing that people should start talking about. But during this process, I remember, I believe it was this past winter, I told my husband, you see these credit cards? I want to cut, cut. So we didn't cut it <laughs> because we didn't, but we put it away. Mm -hmm. We have a stash. Literally, it's not even within reach. We don't use that. We only use a debit card. We don't own a credit card. And I can't explain it. I just got a bill last night mm -hmm. from American Express. It said, amount due, $0. Oh, wow. And I was like, who has that? Like, there's no such thing. <laughs> That's awesome. You know? That's even better than closing it, right? <laughs> getting, a, getting a bill that says like, no bill. People don't even want to take out their bills on the mailbox because it's right. scary. Me, I'm like... Look at that. I want to hang it up in the frame. frame. It. Love it. Love it. <laughs> you know? So you're using only debit cards now. Checks also or? Yeah. Checks. Cash. Checks. Checks if I need to. Like for big payment or I had someone stuff for me. So I pay with the check. My financial advisor also told us about donors funds. So okay. So it feels so good to give. It's like, hush, like this Rosh Hashanah, I Davin, like Hashem, please help. We should be able to give like Three times I'm at the master last year. Beautiful. Like it, it feels so good. I That's love amazing. 
So initially, when you were having those Zoom sessions with the advisor, how often were you speaking with him? Once a month. Once a month. Beginning. Yeah. Yeah. And now, like once. Now we're basically done. Like if we have, he's like our LOR. Okay, your local Orthodox (laughs) rabbi. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. If you have a question, we have exactly like, what do you say? Should we buy this home? Or I feel like there's a lot of like mousetraps. Uh huh. Interesting. Many people would say like, "Oh, buy this house. Oh, do this, do that," and then we would discuss it with our financial advisor, and he would say, "No, no, no. like it's not going to work for you." How you important know? was having an advisor versus you figuring it out by yourself? Would you still be having the problem had you not bumped into a, or be introduced to a credible advisor? A hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. We, like literally saved our life. Yeah. <laughs> Because we, yeah. yeah, we just didn't have that, you know, financial literacy as we said. Yeah. Because it's taboo, that's mm-hmm. even more of a problem because then people, they're nervous to ask. They feel like everyone else has it together. So they don't want to bring up the conversation. And that just compounds the issue where yeah. there are really good people. I'm imagining you didn't even have to pay for this advisor. So actually, we did. Oh, okay. For the other, but because it didn't work out, so no, we didn't. Yeah, but it was not much. Yeah. It wasn't much. It was, it was like right, six hundred dollars or something. Okay, but but manageable where it's worth investing to hopefully fix it. Every yeah. Last penny, yeah, right. I also think people a lot of times people say budget, budget, like money's from Hashem, and I always say, what what did you just say? Money is from Hashem, like first of all, I find a lot of people are in debt. Say, don't worry, Hashem's gonna have money's from Hashem. I always say, what are you saying when money is from Hashem? Yeah, it's Hashem's money. Hashem is giving it to you to see, sort of like, here, I'm testing you. How are you going to deal with your money? Are you going to be responsible? Are you going to go into debt? Are you going to give to Tucker? Mm-hmm. Like, listen to what you're saying. Right, right. You know, and I find that now it's like amazing. Yeah, Hashem, you can trust us with your money. We're budgeting. Budgeting is not a gracious concept. Like, right. it's like people think, Budgeting, you can't. Hashem makes it work month right. to month. Like it's not true. Right, you have to Be put smart, in your work. Like budget. Sure, you, you know? don't have to paycheck the paycheck. Right, right. And there's yeah. probably a lot of people out there. So you were bold enough, and we hope other people are bold enough to come in and share their story. Mm-hmm. Have you, within your inner circles, shared your story with friends? Have you been concealed and and hid it away in fear of, you know, some stigma out there? What what have your conversations been with friends and family, are they aware of your situation? And if not, if people did approach you and ask you for help, do you feel like you can help enlighten a cousin or a friend about what to do and what not to do at this point? So I feel like we want to be the fish that swims against the tide and Uh not with everyone else. Dave Ramsey always says, normal is that and whatever. Like, you don't want to be normal. Mm-hmm. You know, that is normal. Even a year or two ago, we used to see someone driving a nice car or a nice home. We said, wow, how do they do it? Now I think, who knows how much that is in. Like, our whole perspective changed, like, crazy. You know, and now it's like, okay. Steve Ramsey also says, you don't want the house to own you. You want to own the home. All that is, like, part of our vocabulary now. But, yeah, we got a lot of backlash. Like, what do you mean? We don't really tell anybody. Mm-hmm. Like, it's our life, you know, but it definitely bothers me when this past winter, my workmate said that she knows this couple. She works in the office, mm-hmm. and he learns. And they, it wasn't even a honeymoon. They just went away in the winter to Cancun, mm-hmm. and they spent 
$15,000 in one week. Mm-hmm. And I said, Hashem, you're smart. <laughs> Take that money and put it away. Why are you blowing $15,000 one week? Where millionaires or people in their 60s that work so hard their whole life could go and spend $1,000 a night or mm-hmm. $100 a night. Mm-hmm. Who is this little schnuck to go and blow that money? I'm like, well, and go tell your friends. Like, it became a norm mm-hmm. to do these things. You know, or the jewelry store before Yantiv is full of young couples, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone thinks they can just blow $3,000 because every Yantiv has to buy my wife a piece of jewelry, right? Mm-hmm. Isn't that what the customer said? Mm-hmm. No. It has to be a thing that, like, it's, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. It's interesting you mentioned that because I met a guy in Shul. He told me that he has a friend that owns a silver store. He said the busiest season was now because everyone got the stimulus. So. The silver stores were just full of people right. buying silver. Stim- yeah, thank you for bringing that up. The stimulus check helped us boost our savings account, and it helped us get out of debt. So a lot of people would go and spend the money. Mm-hmm. And what we did was, the Ramsey says, like, the debt snowballs. But mm-hmm. before we even hooked up with a second financial advisor, I told my husband, okay, Carly's is debt. Credit card bills is a debt. And within, like, two, three months, we literally pay that a lot and if you think about it, it's extra expense you have 300 dollars a month for a car or mm-hmm. it's amazing now it's like zero debt it's wonderful i i, I really know? hope people are listening because i think the jewelry stores are full and people are spending lavishly on cancun vacations because they don't know better they're not doing this with the intention that they're being malicious or reckless right. intentionally they just don't know they're not educated to say how am i going to pay my bills when i'm 65 and i'm not working anymore by investing how what's going to happen if god forbid something happens to me life insurance right not to say that you shouldn't get your wife a gift but it has to be within reason and you know maybe not every yontif or you know you have to figure out and 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 budget for it right how many people are putting money away for a gift or you know how many people are putting money away for a rainy day fund are you still watching Dave Ramsey's videos? First of all, I think people have to have like an eye in the rear view mirror and another eye like a head. People say, okay, live now, enjoy. When I'm 60, I'll worry then. Who do I ask? I know that. Like, look ahead and, and you know, we're still watching his videos, yes. Um, but now it's more like entertainment, not so much like, well, what does he say? Should we right. buy, you know, through a lot of trial and error, we connected to the right people and we're able to stay focused you know but he's definitely um started this whole process and that's really awesome. owe him a lot for that that's awesome no i i think the point of sharing this story is it's a success story right i think the challenge that you went through a lot of people are going through and i'm thankful that you're here to share it if someone does need an advisor financial advisor our friends over at livingsmarterjewish.org visit their website they have resources and it's really cool to see that there are good people out there that either want to share their story or that they want to help people. So I think it's important that people should know that going through this, you know, debt problem and recklessness is normal, but pulling yourself out of it is abnormal, but the resources are there to do it. Yeah, it's very easy to say, like, you know, it's it's easy. We all know what to do, but you have to break your habit and your nature and it should become habitual like okay i'm gonna put away money we're gonna save you know it has to become normal Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that has to be with intention and 
right. the right type of budgeting. And I think it was really cool how you guys said that budgeting doesn't mean just putting how much money you spent on a cheese Danish onto a spreadsheet. It's mm-hmm. knowing what you spent and making changes as a result of that knowing. Exactly. I think it was interesting when you guys came into your marriage, there was this friction because you had two opposing upbringings as it relates to money. Sometimes you'll have couples that, you know, I'm curious how this would have developed if you both had an upbringing where signing up for credit cards and spending and things like Mm -hmm. that were normal. You might not be in this situation, right? And then I guess you have the reverse where you have two couples that are you know, not spending a single penny and living in somewhat poverty, maybe it's a little bit of a minority, but you had two opposing factors here. What message would you have to other couples that may be listening um, that are going through this financial trauma? So first of all, there's a middle way to everything. You can't become like frugal and everything is, you know, and at the same time, you have to understand, like, now we sit down, like, once a week to record like to budget to do our budgeting it became like a date night Mm -hmm. kind of thing and i'm like wow thank you hashem that we're on the same page right now many couples struggle that all their lives it's like he believes in spending she wants to save or you know with the right people you know we came to our senses and we're lucky that we're on the same page on this so it's amazing and i feel like a lot of couples like don't be afraid to reach out you know, there are so many resources and just do it. Like start saving and you'll be so much happier. As you mentioned, I agree with her a thousand percent. And I just want to add one thing. I remember my wife said, you know, why don't you call this chesed organization? I was like, no, I'm not going to have a case. I'm not calling a chesed organization. Right. So what's wrong with me? I'm perfectly fine, mm-hmm. you know? So this feeling of feeling like, oh, you're weird, you're calling, it's nothing, it's perfectly fine, perfectly normal, and that's it's actually like, what, stigma. Sure. and that's actually what changed my life, actually, our life, when we decided to, let's just call this Chest organization, let's see what we can do about it, how we can educate ourselves, and learn from our experiences how to build future. Sure, that's, a, that's an incredible point, because you see it with mental health, financial health, abuse, um, Making that first phone call is probably the most difficult phone call people make, sending that email, but it could be life-changing, and many times it is. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having us. It's like an honor. Same here. I would never believe that we would actually be sitting here on the other side of the desk, so to speak, and, you know, just, Baruch Hashem, we're not coming here to cry for help. We're here to just let you know people should be aware of what they do and that's our message for today we really appreciate you having beautiful us. yes thank please you so thank you for coming and if there are any other couples families uh individuals out there that feel like they want to tell their story that someone can learn uh please reach out to us at livinglechaim.com hit the suggestion tab um thank you so much for joining us thank you, thank you. take care Thank you so much for watching this week's episode sponsored by our friends at Approved Funding, our friends at Kolel Chabad, and we cannot thank Living Smarter Jewish enough. So if you need financial resources and things of that nature, hit up our friends at Living Smarter Jewish, visit livingsmarterjewish.org, help our friends at approvedfunding.com slash mortgages, support our sponsors, Kol Chabad, they're great people. You help them and use them 
and donate to them, it helps us. So we cannot thank them all enough. This week's episode is produced by Living L'Chaim, as all our episodes are. Living L'Chaim is a series of podcasts. Many are, I mean, all of them, they're geared towards the Orthodox Jew, but there's so many episodes that apply to non-Jews as well. So if you want to learn more about mental health, you want to learn more about money, personal finance, if you want to learn about music, boom, it's there. Um, podcast geared for Jewish women, Charlene. There are, there's more, and there's even a, a, a therapy episode, uh, series that's coming out. Lots in the works. We want to do events. Oh my gosh, we got a lot of, uh, a lot of plans, and we're just getting warmed up. So thank you for listening. If you're listening to this on Spotify or Apple, head over to YouTube, subscribe there. Not- you can get notified when an episode drops. Support us. Support our sponsors. Support yourselves. Have a great week. We'll see you next time. Living L'chaim.